Go in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. Thank Justine for singing that song. Also, I want to thank uh, Short for doing such a tremendous job on the Rise Again song last week. How many here, the very first time you ever heard that song was last Sunday morning? Huh? Isn't that an awesome song? It is an awesome song. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 28. These are words written in red. You might want to try that sometime. In your Bible reading, go through the Gospels and just read the red. If you read the red, you're not going to gain doubt and confusion. You read the red, you're going to see exactly what God wanted said. So read the red. Uh, Jesus said, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like as one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. And then it went right into Matthew 6.33, what we started out in the first of this year. Father, we ask and pray for your blessing upon the remainder of this service. Lord, anoint your humble servant to be able to preach your gospel, Lord, effectively, and God, may it lodge in the heart of every person here. In Jesus' name, amen. No matter, no matter where you get your news from, it tends to be pessimistic. I get my news mainly, I, I, really, I'm an odd duck because I, I watch uh, probably more news than is uh, necessary, probably more news than is healthy. <laughs> but uh, I don't watch just one channel. I, watch, I get my news from a varied uh, uh, different places. But uh, my mainstay on my news is the Fair and Balanced channel. But even at that, they can tend to be a little bit pessimistic as well. And I just think news is that way. I think that uh, in the words of Billy Graham, I heard him say this years, years back, he said there are hundreds of planes that take off out of O'Hare International Airport. That's not news. But let one of them crash, and that is news. We tend to gravitate more toward the bad news than the good news. We tend to be more uh, glass half empty type of people than glasses half full types of people. It's not that there is a 80% chance of sunshine, it is a 20% chance of rain. We tend to look at things more on the negative than the positive. You know people that if things is going good for them today, to hear them tell it, things tomorrow will be bad. You know people that if things are going bad for them today, tomorrow to hear them tell it, it will probably get worse. William Wilberforce, one of the greatest people ever come out of London, England, the man 200 years ago that was fighting against slavery in England, and if you saw the movie Amazing Grace, it really did a fine job portraying William Wilberforce, but even with that man and his intellect and his desire to fight for the African-American people, this man was a tinned, he tended to be 
on the negative side. His comment was that times is way too dark. There's no way that I could get married now. Benjamin Disraeli, a great statesman, said a hundred years ago, in industry, commerce, and agriculture, there is no hope. And this one to me, and I read this a long time ago, and I've thought about this often. In 1899, a guy by the name of George Duell, who worked for the federal government, he was head of the U.S. Patent Office, said this, which there is a plus side and a negative side to this. Uh, he said, the United States Patent Office needs to be dissolved. Now, that's a plus. I mean, I can't imagine any government person today saying that they're, uh, the head of what they're ahead of needs to be dissolved. I can't imagine that happening. Can you? Can, I mean, honestly, can you? I can't imagine that happening. But here's what George Duell in 1899 said. What I'm head of needs to be dissolved, the patent office, because everything that's going to be invented has already been invented. 1899 is when he said that. That was a guy that was pessimistic. That was a guy that the glass is half empty, never half full. In the background of all of that, and we can go all throughout time, you could look at how corrupt and how negative and how evil influence that the Roman Empire was on the world because their idea was if you were strong, you rose to the top and you crushed everything that was weak. Children that were born that had a defect or something that was wrong with them, they killed them on the spot. Only the strong was allowed to survive. A very, very dark, pessimistic society and thinking. In the midst of that comes the greatest optimist who ever lived. His name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Into that background and backdrop makes the things that he said even that much more brilliant. It's why they take the diamonds that they're trying to sell you and they will put them against the black velvet. It makes the diamonds stand out even that much more. Not like I've bought a lot of diamonds in my life, but. <laughs> the Lord Jesus said, give us the three cheers of the Christian faith. They are these. In Mark chapter 6, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus said, be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven. In John 16, Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Those are the three cheers of the Christian faith. It is I, be not afraid. Your sins are forgiven. I have overcome the world. Because of that, we have something that we can build on, much like the old song that says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This culture that we live in is sinking sand. 
If you're building on it, you're building a house of cards that will soon fall and be shattered and have nothing left. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, consider the lilies. Consider to look carefully at, to think on. Consider. I brought this up about two months ago. Consider the time that Jesus spent with the disciples. And consider this. Every church you see today, next week, next month, they all came from those 12 disciples. When Judas died and Matthias took his place, they all, every one of them, the message that Jesus poured into those disciples and now they are stretched out all across the world the same way for this church. The message that you hear week in, week out, week in, week out, you need to go out there and spread the good news of Jesus Christ of this world. Consider the forgiveness of Jesus toward the thief on the cross. Consider the scripture that we have read today in your hearing. Consider the lilies. Last week, I used an illustration. How many remembers my illustration as I walk this direction? I used an illustration of a, with a rope. Matt Hutchcraft at the end of the service said, and man, I've used some elaborate I've used some elaborate illustrations down in 23 years. I mean some illustrations that took a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of, oh my. Matt said, greatest illustration you've ever used. And it was just a rope. Albeit it is a rope that was hard to get up there, I'll tell you that. I used an eight-foot ladder and knew that wasn't going to, see, that wasn't going to work. You know, I had four chairs set up with an eight-foot ladder on top of that. And that, that, um, that wouldn't work. And my wife down here, <laughs> but I finally got the rope up there. Greatest illustration you ever used. And I thought, it's just a simple rope. And I thought, that's exactly like the illustrations of Jesus. They was always something simple. And let me give you a list, and this is not nearly exhaustive of a list. The sparrow that falls to the ground. Jesus sees that sparrow and knows where it is at. We are to be salt of the earth. He used light as the light of the world. A candle. Hide under a bushel. No. He used water. He used wind. He used bread. He used the vine. He used the door. He used the seed. He used flowers in consider the lily. Preacher, it's just the flower. Really? That's not what the advertisements say. The advertisements say, say it with flowers. Yeah, see there? <laughs> I'll give her a plug before it's over. <laughs> Say it with flowers. Say what with flowers? Say I love you with flowers is the message of that. Say it with flowers. A corsage on Mother's Day is saying, Mom, I love you. That dozen roses, a dozen roses for Valentine's Day, you tightwad, not one or two. A dozen roses. Tells your sweetheart that I love you. 
I was at a funeral visitation in the, uh, and the funeral director, when I walked in, he said, Mark, there's a lot of flowers in that room over there. You know what he was really saying? There's a lot of love in that room over there. Well, somebody cared enough to send a flower. God created flowers to say, world, I love you. Because apart from giving Melissa a job and other people a job, I don't know really what flowers would be for. They're for saying, I love you. They have little or no purpose other than the beauty that is there and to be able to say what represents in giving a flower. To every unbeliever, I would tell you, consider the lilies. Yeah. Consider the lilies. Consider how they grow. Consider how they are beautiful. Consider how such beauty can rise up from the ground. Lilies of the field are God's workmanship. Every color, every hue, it shows God's infinite care. Solomon, in all of his splendor, was not near as beautiful as that right there. Consider the purpose of the lily. Its purpose is to bless someone else. It's not there for its own sake. It's there to bless someone else. It was cut and put in a vase, and right now, these things are dying and they're doing it for the sole purpose so that you can see the majesty and the beauty of God's creation and to help this preacher preach this sermon today. It's why they are there. Its life is brief, but lilies are for someone else. I, you as well, are much like the lily. Your life is brief. I don't remember now what it was. I, I figured up one time the life of George Burns in ratio to what God said that time is really like. A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. I figured up in that ratio what George Burns, living to be 100 and 101 or whatever years he lived, it was about two minutes and 30 seconds in the way God views time. We're not here that long. My life is brief, and my life should be spent in the care and the help and the blessing of someone else. You've heard it, and you've seen the sign before. If your life is all wrapped up in you, you make for a mighty small package. I don't care how Hollywood will try to, try to say negative on the, on the contrary to that. You make for a mighty small package. This lily was made, these sets of lilies right here, was made by the Lord God. And then someone sent them to your flower shop, owned and operated by Melissa Garrison, and I walked in there, there's your plug. <laughs> and I walked in there and told her I needed some lilies. And she cut those lilies and she put them in that vase and she put some a few extra things in there and she put the water in there and then she handed them to me and said, the words I love to hear, no charge. <laughs> Don't any of you expect the same treatment. <laughs> she said, if someone's helped in this sermon, I want a part of that. So I ain't going to charge you with this. 
I want you to get this. We've got a few lilies up here today that you're seeing. There are untold millions of lilies in the world today, right now, that no one sees. Think of that. Millions, millions that go unnoticed. But you know the wonderful thing of this is? God sees. God notices. Those acts of random kindness that you do and maybe only a handful even knows about, God notices. God sees. Not every lily is going to be up here helping the preacher preach the sermon. Only a handful. There will only be a handful of people on the praise team. There will only be a handful of people that will be teaching a Sunday school class. There will be only a handful in comparison in ratio of the people that's going to be teaching behind this pulpit as opposed to the people that go to church here. But I'm telling you, the very acts of kindness you do don't go unnoticed. God sees everyone. I like that. I like that. Jesus knows where you're at. Jesus sees that act of kindness, and in, re and in heaven you will be recognized and rewarded for that kindness and for that good deed. How do I know that? Consider the lilies, and then you will know. That's how I know that. Amen. Consider the lilies, just like Jesus said. And there are millions of them going unnoticed, but the Father knows where they're at. The Father knows where they're at. Bow your heads, please. Lord, when you said to David that you are the apple of my eye, you were saying, in essence, David, I know where you're at. I know where you're at all the time. And I think David looked at that not as a fear and trembling, oh my gosh, God knows. I think David looked at that as a comfort. God knows where I'm at. And that was comforting. As his child, we should always take that view. God knows where I'm at. And he loves me and cares for me. Even when we're wayward, God comes looking for us because he knows where we're at. When Adam and Eve sinned, God went looking for them in the garden because he knew where they were at. If you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus, I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. Jesus will leave the 90 and 9 and Jesus will go looking for that lost sheep. He will leave the 90 and 9 and go looking for that one. If you're here this morning, the crux of this message I want you to get. God sees you and cares for you. Consider the lily and then you will know. He takes care. He takes care of us. He takes care of those that care and love him and, are, and want to do what he wants them to do.
If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, lifted up my heart, down on my knees. The day I met Jesus.